You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash. Down, down, down the sideline. Into the end zone. From the offseason through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step with your host, Sean Morash. Another game weekend is upon us here on One Giant Step. Sean Morash here with you. Thank you as always for listening. Remember, first-time listeners, second-time listeners, multi-time listeners, you can download, subscribe to One Giant Step, so every time one of these bad boys pops up, you get a little ding-ling-ling-ling-ling alert, free on the Odyssey app, and everywhere podcasts are available. It is week five, unbelievably somehow, we have totally turned the corner to October, and even more unbelievably, the Giants get set for, get this, their first 1 p.m. Eastern game of the year. Doesn't happen until week five. Yes, that's right. We have not watched the Giants play in the early window on a Sunday afternoon yet this year, and we will versus the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Now, we were going to do all the trimmings, your fantasy reality, your picks, a little thoughts on the game preview as well. But with bad teams comes controversy, and Evan Neal provided plenty this week. If you're a Giant fan listening to this, I'm Maybe I'm giving you way too much of the benefit of the doubt. I'm assuming most have seen or heard Evan Neal's comments, read their comments about fair weather fans and, you know, sheep and the the guys who flip hamburgers and hot dogs, which I don't know anybody that actually flips them. You turn them. And, you know, how could we take their opinion? And it was brutal. It's a brutal comment to read from a player that has been nothing but a brutal player. Uh, I went on and on and on about this on Tiki, on Evan and Tiki on WFAN as well, where I am somebody that grew up, my dad sliced deli beans for a living, my mom a medical biller, I worked in the food industry for many years. The idea that you can't sit down and watch, and to a lesser extent, analyze football. Like It's not like we all sit down like a bunch of dum-dums and don't know what's going on, we don't know what's good, what's bad. Yeah, there's certain intricacies of the game that I'm sure will go over our head, but ultimately, come on, Evan Neal. You know what? Uh, you know what else is very difficult to do? Anybody getting a job right out of college for what they went to college for? Extremely difficult. It is extremely difficult in America today, more than ever, to find a reliable full-time job out of college. Uh, geez, I I knew I had to do. I had to work part-time in radio, climbing my way up. What athletes, if you're a professional athlete, get to do is come right out of college and sign many, in many aspects, a million-dollar-plus contract. Now, not always, you know, multiple thousands, still more money than we could dream of. With that money and that responsibility, even if you're a young man, 
comes the understanding of if things go bad, what's well, part of the deal? You're, <laughs> you're going to get booed. You're going to take criticism. You're going to take heat. And when I hear people say it's a 22 year old kid making a mistake, I totally agree. I do agree with that. However, unfortunately, what comes with the territory is you're expected to be able to block that out. Again, it's part of why you get paid a ton of money. It's not just to block defenders in the NFL. So it bothered me. That being said, Evan Neal did apologize. He did both a, like an iPhone note statement, and then he met the media on Thursday. I believe his apology was heartfelt. I believe his apology was heartfelt. I've talked to some reporters in the Giants room who have backed up and said, listen, like of anybody to come out and says, Evan Neal is like that legitimately a good kid. I think he's melting a little bit under the pressure right now. He is not playing good football. I mean, think about it. He was at Alabama, just a star there. And you come here and he just has not figured it out as a right tackle. Now, whether you forgive him or not for the apology is almost a side story. Because ultimately, you could say today on, as I'm taping this on Friday, October 6th, you know, I'd heard Evan Neal's apology. I, he is a kid that made a mistake. He talked about his humble beginnings and everything. But if he doesn't turn it around and start playing decent football, forget good football. He's not even playing decent football. Uh, these comments are going to stick with him for his giant career. They, they're just that, you know, everybody could say, I, I forgive you, but you're not going to forget it. You could forgive, but not forget. And the hamburger hot dog jokes are going to run with him unless he figures this out. And I don't know if that's moving him to guard, if tackles is not his play, but either way, I mean, he was taken seventh overall at a position where the Giants needed to reload on O-line in the worst way. And it's been a decade since they couldn't afford to miss on this pick. It, it's a big deal. If you're listing the giant problems this year individually, Evan Neal is in the top five, if not the top one, and that includes the quarterback. You could not afford to miss on him. So, yes, I personally take his apology, and I understand that your kid that made a mistake. I also want to remind everybody that we need to just stop using the crutch that these are young kids. Yes, yes, but they're paid to do so. Not every 22-year-old NFL player gets booed has comments like this. Remember that. Every time a story does come out like this, we're reminded they are kids, but somehow other players block it out. You got it's part of the game. It is unfortunately part of the game. Now on to the task at hand. The Giants' next two games at one and three are versus the Dolphins and Bills. And why, in each step of the road in the early portion of the schedule, whether it was the Arizona game, why did we say the Arizona game was so paramount to win? Well, because the Niners were going to be coming up after that, and you didn't want to start the year 0-3. So the Giants actually accomplished a mission this year. They came back, they beat the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and they didn't put themselves in a position where they could be 0-3. So then why was the Seattle game important at 1-2? and It was important for a couple of reasons. Number one, much like the Niners coming up after Arizona, the Giants knew they would be having the Dolphins and Bills, two of the NFL's elite, on the schedule following it. Of course, we also understand that Seattle will be right in the mix you would hope if the Giants were a wild card contender for that, and you'd like to have that tie break and, and prove you belong. Of course, what has happened since is the Giants didn't lose some gut-wrenching heartbreaker where you knew they were on the Seahawks level, and it sucks that they're going to have to play their way out of tie break. They looked awful, and Daniel Jones played his worst game in a couple of years, maybe his worst game of his career, even if it doesn't stay so statistical-wise, just in terms of everything. And they are 1-3, staring down the gauntlet of the Dolphins and the Bills. Now, Thursday night football, 
I know they're not great football teams, and people are higher on Washington than I am. The Chicago Bears can't get out of their own way. They basically told Chase Claypool to take his ball and go home. And they go out and go march up and down the field on the Washington defense that we thought was supposed to be pretty damn good. And they blow out the commanders in, in their build. Sunday night football. I know it resulted in a loss. And there was a lot of controversy at the end with refereeing. But Zach freaking Wilson, at least for a few drives, behind, again, a pretty bad O-line, brought the Jets back from 17-0 down and hung in there with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and the defense forced a couple turnovers, and it was a total team effort. And in the end, they lose the game, but they're right there. The Houston Texans, who have offensive line injuries all over the place, they annihilate the Pittsburgh Steelers and move up and down the field on that good defense, and they win a football game. Why am I, you know, throwing out all these examples? A couple weeks ago, the Arizona Cardinals, who the Giants beat, they beat the Dallas Cowboys and held them to 16 points. It, any given Sunday is a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. It does exist. The NFL is full of surprises week to week because the teams in reality are a lot closer than we think, and it really do games do come down to four or five plays and look horrible. These next two weeks look like an unmitigated disaster waiting to happen for the Giants with Dolphins and the Bills. However, however, the Giants at some point got to muster up a little pride here. Look at the rest of the league and understand you can't walk in there and assume loss. And I, Look, I'm not saying the players will. I'm sure the players will be fired up. And it's hard for us to envision because the Giants, I mean, first of all, they're not scoring in the first half alone, have been so bad with the point differential, the worst in the league, that it's hard to even envision a scenario where they compete, but that's what I'm holding on to this week. And it was pushed further overboard by what the Bears did to the Commanders, that in this league, it is week to week. And you could change the feel of a season, still very early here, quickly with a very good performance here Sunday, and I'll extend it to next Sunday versus the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. Narratives can be changed. You've already lost that tiebreak to the Seattle Seahawks, but don't worry about that right now. You can't. You got to worry about accomplishing some wins, feeling even above wins. I can't believe we're here, but just feeling good about yourself. The Bears wake up on a Friday feeling good about themselves. The Houston Texans feel good about themselves right now. Giants got to find a way to feel good about themselves. And are the Miami Dolphins the Chiefs? They're not. Now, maybe they do end up going to a Super Bowl or anything. I just saw them score 20 points versus the Bills. That, that's not impossible. And the Giant defense seems to maybe be turning a corner. They still have to freaking tackle. I mean, it's in play here, guys. In a league full of surprises, you know, why can't the Giants surprise us for once? Just surprise. I know they surprised us last year, but as a whole, surprise us. Surprise us. So now to this game. Giants-Dolphins. Sunday, 1 o'clock. Well, on one hand, of every team deals with injuries. Every team deals with them. And a lot of weeks... Teams overcome them to play competitive football. Some weeks, injuries are very crippling. We saw the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football compete with it, with offensive line injuries. And the Giants seemingly are unable to compete with a couple injuries, and that's got to change. Andrew Thomas is by far the best player in the New York Giants, and it's unsexy because he plays left tackle. But he's the most best player for a couple reasons. Number one, quite literally, he's the best player. Number two, because of the rest of the unit he is on being mercenary pieces of crap to steal <laughs> forever. It's probably a little too strong. Um, yeah, I mean, because of that, he becomes so needed and Daniel Jones 
amongst his many problems this year. I think the first and foremost, diagnosing these problems and looking at it, it's a confidence thing. He is in year five of being beaten down by bad offensive line play to the point where when he does have pockets or does have a rusher coming in blind, he is losing the feel of that. He is escaping pockets that actually are there. He is, quote unquote, shell shock. He stopped for a good long period last year being shell shocked because Andrew Thomas was so dominant on the left side that Daniel Jones knew at least on half of his side of the offensive line, he did not have to worry about it. He still took hits. He still took sacks, but it allowed his running mobility and everything. He just escaped pressure on the right side. He has no trust on the left side now. The Andrew Thomas injury has now taken Daniel Jones prior to last year being, oh my God, how do I handle this pressure? And taking it to another degree because everything he built up confidence-wise has been completely lost. And that is on him. That is absolutely on him. You're not going to have perfect pockets. The offensive line is what it is. It is five turnstiles right now. Now, on an individual basis, especially, by the way, John Michael Schmitz, who's not going to play, who seemed to be coming along at center at least a little bit, on an individual basis, Ben Bredesen's a fine enough blocker. I mean, he could start and be your fourth best player on an offensive line. Right now, he's probably going to be the best. Azudu's done enough. He's not ever going to be Andrew Thomas, where he's getting beat on some plays. Some plays he holds his own. And Evan Neal's been washed in a problem. Now, at guard, let's see. They brought in Justin Pugh this week to the practice squad. Is he going to somehow appear in this game? I doubt it. You're probably going to get Glowinski back at left guard because Lemieux's gone too right now. And Marcus McKeithen's at right guard. It's not pretty. That is not a pretty situation. By the way, you hope McKeithen can develop, but he's not ready to be a prominent starter. Indeed, the problem is with that, defenses now know Daniel Jones is just going to throw short. It's going to be the same three-yard pass to Paris Gamble. Uh, and defenses are sitting on it. That's how the Witherspoon pick happens. So versus the Miami Dolphins, a defense, by the way, that just gave up 40 points to the Buffalo Bills, the Giants have no choice, and Daniel Jones has no choice, but to do what they're uncomfortable with. You have Jalen Hyatt. You have Darren Waller. I know that you try to find a balance between how much time do you need for a receiver to get down the field and make a play. And if you don't have that time, well, okay, we resort to throwing short first read stuff, but defenses are just sitting on it, and now it's causing turnovers and everything else. You have to throw guys open, Daniel Jones. That's the only way to start winning football games. And if that means not waiting for Jalen Hyde to get eight yards past the defender and this offense coming up with some kind of quick slant hitch, you you know, Odell Beckham style for him to use his speed, that's the case. You're going to have to throw some balls up to Darren Waller quickly. Do what you did in camp. There is still a path with bad offensive line play. Teams have done it. But when there's no threat of doing anything over the top and defenses can just sit and go, hey, we know you're going to get after the quarterback and he's only going to throw the ball three yards past the line of scrimmage, you have no chance of moving the ball. No chance. And I haven't even mentioned Saquon Barkley here. At the time of taping this podcast, we don't know for sure whether he's out or in. My gut tells me he's going to be out. But even if that's the case, I'm sure Saquon will help a little bit. We've seen Saquon when the offensive lines have been banged up even worse and, and hurt, and he dances behind the line of scrimmage. It doesn't provide much. They they have no choice but to do what they did versus Arizona, where Josh Azudo played left tackle in that just unleash, soften up a defense. It doesn't mean all day is to be bombs away, but you have to show a threat. You have to, or you're not going to move the ball. 
With that being said, I have spent all week with my head buried. And I know I picked the Giants to win on this podcast last week, but two days after I taped it, I got to the point where Monday night or or Monday I woke up going, they're not going to win this game. I just had this sinking feeling in my stomach. So, I, I don't know. I, the spread is 10 and a half. I know this isn't a spread thing, and I know the hot topic is the Giants can't move the ball. The Dolphins are awesome. And maybe, maybe Buffalo is a better spot for this with the Dable revenge. I kind of think a good Giant performance is coming, almost because it has to come, and almost because football is so wacky in that way that the moment you see something and you're sure of something, it changes. The Giants need a galvanizing moment. There's too many good guys in that room not to happen. You saw Kayvon Thibodeau come close to a pick six last week. I think the defense is coming along a little bit. And I think that you're going to get a pretty damn good defensive effort while everybody thinks Miami is going to be running up and down the field. I think Miami is going to win the game. But I think we're going to walk away from this thinking, all right, Daniel Jones made a couple plays. Things looked a little different. And the defense really played their ass off. Maybe they missed a couple tackles. Give me Miami 23, Giants 20. Heartbreaker. One in four. But I can't believe I'm using these words. One of them moral victories, as they like to say. Now, my fantasy versus reality plays in this game. Fantasy aspect, look, how could you touch anything, anything that Darren Waller is doing right now, he's not heavily involved. Obviously, you can't trust anything from the running game. But this is going to be both the reality and fantasy. How about the Giants' defense this week? Aren't they due for a turnover or two? Aren't they due? They came close with that cave on play. At some point, defenses just get turnovers. Bounces go your way. The Dolphins kind of mm, maybe shaking their confidence offensively after what happened. Kayvon suddenly has three sacks on the air. Aziz looked like a man possessed last week off the edge. Couple sacks, a turnover or two, and I think that's how this game is ultimately going to be close to the tune of 23-20 Miami wins. I think the Giants' defense has a chance to be a player in fantasy this week. I think the reality of the game is this defense, above anything else, needs to start carrying the water while the offense understands it's dealing with these O-line injuries and a quarterback tries to figure himself out mentally. Giants, big, blue, defense all around the reality of this game and the fantasy play of this game. I will be back with you Monday to recap what goes on here between the Giants and Dolphins. As you can see, I'm a little wavering in confidence, but I'm, I don't know, percolated with interest, if you will, that I just, I have a feeling as the whole world turns against them, maybe it's my need as a fan to go, you know, they're not that, they're not the worst team in football, bit, are they? And the Dolphins, as great as they are, they're not, they're just not the Brady Patriots either here. Going to be a hot one. I don't know. Blind belief catching me on a good morning. Giants moral victory, baby. Please give it to us. All right, remember, you can download, subscribe to One Giant Step everywhere podcasts are available. Thank you to my producer, James. You can follow me on Twitter at Morash, uh, Sean Morash, at, on Instagram at Morash Radio, Evan and Tiki every single day, 2 to 625. Uh, 6.30, free on the Odyssey app, WFAN locally, and Big Blue Kickoff Live with me and John Schmelk every Saturday morning, 9 to 9.30 on WFAN and free on the Odyssey app. Thank you to everybody for downloading and subscribing. Maybe the Giants stun us. Maybe uh, I'm painting my face blue and not looking like a moron on Monday. We could all hope for the best. 
Thank you for taking one giant step with us.